0: Hello oh, and welcome to the Switch RPG podcast. I am one of your hosts, Geo, and I'm joined by Mr. Just Johnny. How you doing? Hey, 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 I'm doing, good. I, doing was gonna, good. I was gonna come up with some something really kinda spiffy and like off the top of my head, but I am so not creative, I couldn't think of anything. So you came out as Mr. Just Johnny. I apologize. Sounds... I
1: like that. <laughs> Alright. Oh, cool. that, that's how that's how it initially started.
0: Oh, was it Mr. Just Johnny?
1: Yeah, when I was at the Geek Down, oh, uh, well, not Mr., but when I was at the Geek Down, it, it was just Johnny, and then, oh, okay. or, or it was Johnny, and then uh, Pat was trying to figure out what to call me, and I'm like, ah, just Johnny, and, and he's like, just Johnny.
0: That's it? So just Johnny? That, that's it. Oh, ah, right. <laughs> All it. right, well, that's good to know the uh, the advent of your... Uh... Yeah. Your creation.
1: <laughs> well, I told him to add an E at the end. So when So it's, when, when it's just Johnny, it's J-U-S-T-E, ah, and then Johnny. Okay, all right. And for all you Castlevania fans, you're welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if this they know is... what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm sure those nerds do. All right, if this is your first time listening, this is the show from Switch RPG, where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week... I don't know what we're going to be talking about. I think there's this game called Xenoblade uh, Chronicles coming out, uh, but we also have a, a lot more going on. Uh, we delayed our last podcast episode, so a, in, in, in doing so, we have a ton of news to go over. All right, but first and foremost, visit our Discord, visit our Twitter, uh, follow us there. Uh, discord.switchrpg.com, Twitter at uh, Switchrpg. And um, yeah, that that includes that segment. Johnny, what are you playing? Oh
1: man, I've been playing a lot of stuff. You sure have. My goodness, <laughs> shucker! I finally beat War Groove.
0: <laughs> War, like War Groove wasn't even on the radar. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right,
1: I finally beat it. I I just got around to. I'm like ah. I, I should be at the end, and then I fire it up, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm actually at the end. I was There's really like close. Three more missions, and that's it. And then I, I did the three missions, and I am done with that game, finally. Yeah. yeah. Finally done. How, how was that game?
0: I mean, I have it. I, I was, it was okay. I don't know.
1: They what? inserted a checkpoint system that you can do mid, mid-mission, and that is the saving grace
0: okay all right i played it they, like very early yeah. on
1: so yeah they they patched it with that they, they did some other stuff they did some content based stuff as well some new uh some new uh what were they called heroes yeah generals um, maybe generals
0: maybe but i know what you're talking
1: about right yeah um commanders i think it was commanders uh so they added some new commanders i haven't checked out those new commanders or anything like that but uh i did beat the campaign thing and they also did like some some quality of life stuff that they should have had for very start uh like you can hold a button in order to see the actual uh damage rates like the pros and cons because first it just showed like icons and i think it had like an up or down but the icons were like I didn't it was hard to tell one unit type icon versus another. It was they're they kind of blurred together a whole lot and it was hard to figure out whether it was I think it was just like it was shaded red and blue or something like that, depending on if it was good against or bad against. Mm-hmm. But now you can hold a button and it shows you the exact number that you're good against it. So it's you know, you're getting hundred and twenty percent better on this one and only fifty percent effective against that one that type of stuff. uh, With with all of those adjustments, if I would have played it uh, from the start with those things, then it would have, I would have had a much better time all the way through. But it's still a great game. I'm still Mm -hmm. gonna say it's a great
0: game. Okay, so I finally beat it. What what I really liked about that is I could I could play with a friend, but I didn't have to play like we didn't have to be on at the same time. Uh, So a friend could do their move, and then whenever I got around to it, I could make my move. I mean, it was a little slower. But you could essentially do it that way as well, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, and I, I did do it that way. Uh, their online, some of their online hosting, um, was like that. I, I was gonna say their their uh, more ranked PvP stuff. I, I did, I did their ranked stuff. But now that I think about it, I don't think the ranked stuff was like that. But mm-hmm. you can host matches. People can join, and it is that. Yeah. So that was a uh, yeah war group. Great game. Uh, And then I also beat (laughs) a game that I just started playing and I just beat it immediately. Radiant Historia. We've
0: been, you, when I say we, (laughs) you've been talking about this for weeks.
1: Yeah, months. 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 Okay,
0: yes, you're right. Probably months. I,
1: I picked this game up and started playing it in 2019. Wow. Yeah, I think maybe December is when I got it. I just picked
0: it up. I haven't even opened the box yet.
1: <laughs> yeah. I finally beat the game. It's, uh... I got the worst ending. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. So it does something that I... I can appreciate, but I also don't like because I got the worst ending. <laughs> in, in that... You have to... And it's it's kind of in the name of the game. It's called Radiant Historia, and is a 3DS version, so it has a colon perfect chronology and what that perfect chronology means is that you have to do all the stuff in the game to get the perfect ending wow and it makes sense but that's a lot that's a huge ask though right it it's not too bad i actually might because there are from what i understand there are three main endings and then Depending on what side quests you do, you'll get additional th- sub endings. Okay. So I I did some of the side quests, and that caused uh, certain characters to their story to be done diff- very differently. At least for one particular character, it was very different. We're <laughs> okay. talking like life or death type stuff happening. Oh. Wow. Kind of difference in the end. Okay. All right, so. Those, there's that, but that, that's kind of like a side thing. And you get that, uh, what was it, um, what's that game? That Outer Worlds does okay. the same thing, right? Depending on how much side quest stuff you do, you mm-hmm. get more of the ending revealed to you. Right. Or, or different takes on certain characters' lives. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's the same, it's that same concept, but the there is a bigger arcing ending and because this is a game about time travel it makes sense because once you beat it and you don't get the ideal ending they tell you right that like like the ending happens and then they're like gee whiz I wonder if that could have played out differently I wonder if things could have ended better you may want to go back the, and it doesn't show the credits oh uh, wow It just. It just puts you back at the last save point just before the final battle, Hmm. encouraging you to better optimize via time travel to better line things up to get the better ending. And then you do that. The original game had two endings, right? The ending I got, the crappy ending, and then the good, the true ending, which I'm thinking about getting. And then the 3DS version adds an ultimate true ending which i'm definitely not going to do because it's way too big of an ask and but i will say because i did watch a video after i got that ending i was like very upset because it told me i got the bad ending (laughs) and didn't roll the credits that was the big part that got me the credits didn't roll so i was like i beat the game i know i beat the game how dare you not roll the credits for me? I know I got the worst ending, that's fine. But roll the credits for me, and they didn't do it. That upset me. So I, uh, I watched a video of, of how, like pseudo how to get the ultimate endings. Uh, I kind of skipped through a lot just to see, because I didn't want spoiled for me too much. Right. And uh, the true ending, so the ending I got was like, 10 minutes long, that's five, a, 10 minutes long. That's a good ending. It, it, it is pretty lengthy, right? Five to ten minutes. The true ending is like a half hour.
0: What? What else are the yeah. show is That, that yeah. must be the credits, like 20 minutes no, long.
1: No, no credits. Wow. It's like a half hour. And then the truest ending is probably a, a little bit more than that. It's, it's kind of different. It's sort of, you get the true ending, which still holds valid, and then there's more stuff to do after that. I think that's what the truest ending is. Um, I don't know too much about the truest ending, other than you have to do some crazy stuff. The ending, the whole ending overall, is awesome. Story story wise, it goes back into that great echelon of really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the middle, the middle to like late game part of the game, it, it was getting a little stagnant with Radiant Historia. But then it, when that whole ending stuff really started to, to play out, it was good. It got real good again. And how they. What the ending actually is and what the true ending. Because I know what the true ending actually is and what it represents symbolically. It's actually worth doing the true ending, which is why. I'm probably going to do the few side quests that I missed in order to get the true ending. Oh, so it's not going to be that bad of backtracking
0: just if it's just a few side quests. Yeah, and the bad.
1: backtracking ain't hard because you can teleport. Mm-hmm. Part of going back and forth in time is also you get to teleport anywhere you want to the relevant place that you need to be to do the thing yeah, to, to do the side quest. That won't be that bad then. Yeah, it won't. Um, but I beat it. The game is absolutely great. It uh, it's tropey. There's there's some phoned-in stuff. The combat kind of gets a little stale. It, it seems like the combat was a very good combat system that they didn't fully realize.
0: Right. Well, here's the thing though. How long is that game? How long have you, how long have you been playing it?
1: That was uh, sixty hours to beat.
0: There you go. When you when you're playing a lengthy game like that, the combat can get repetitive. It can get a little stale. That's just gonna just gonna happen.
1: Um, yeah. It, what, it
0: I mean can. All right, but there are games that that do a better job at at, at doing that. Like, say for example, Xenoblade Chronicles Two, where yeah. they're continuously adding components uh, to the combat.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Or all- uh, Final what? Fantasy Tactics, I thought did it real good because it it still felt very engaging. I, I think it has to do with difficulty. Okay. As long as combat still felt. Like, you're being challenged in some way, mm-hmm. then it's still engaging and requires some degree of effort. Uh, but in this one, I don't know, it, it's that. It's, it's a couple of different things. There's sometimes if combat's too shallow, but this isn't too shallow. That whole grid-based moving, knocking the enemies around, clustering them together, that is a really cool and interesting mechanic. And they did do that. They did utilize it to a certain degree. But it seems like they didn't utilize it enough. Okay. That was it. Um, and it was also, it was more so the challenge that they gave you didn't force you most of the time. Sometimes it, you did have to knock them around and do the combo stuff, uh, but it didn't challenge you in a way where you had to do that, where you had to do that in a clever way or anything like that. So, uh, but it, it's fine. It's completely serviceable. It didn't. Great on me too, too much. Uh, and thankfully, there is a button that you can push where it's auto bat, an auto battle button. And you kind of know when your combat is like mediocre when you have to insert an auto battle <laughs> button, right? Like uh, Dragon Dragon Quest uh, Eleven has it. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy, a, a couple of the Final Fantasies have it. This game has it. So. Yeah. I mean, you, you do have to like, watch what's happening because sometimes things don't go your way. And then you hit the button <laughs> and you're like, all right, I got to actually heal everyone up and stuff like that. And
0: you're like, everyone, you're like the teacher in the class. All right, everybody, relax. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: but it was, uh, it was a really good experience. And the ending was actually very satisfying, even though I got the bad ending. The only part that wasn't satisfying, once again, is the credits not rolling. You have no idea how much that infuriated me. <laughs> so much
0: oh man you got to go back play another 10 15 hours just to get those credits to go
1: i, I think it'll only be like another five hours to do the the final side quest stuff to get the final ending so not or the bad. true ending not too bad uh, other there, there's so those are the games i finished there are other games i've been playing uh i've been playing super Mario uh yoshi's island super mario world 2 for whatever reason just <laughs> fired that up because i felt like playing some good platformers and i'm like hmm, there's some platformers that i actually still haven't beaten so, I started playing through Shovel Knight Treasure Trove again. Oh, wow. All right. So, I beat Shovel Knight. I did not beat the other knights. So, I'm worked, I skipped, for whatever reason, I skipped Plague Knight. And I've been working on Spectre Knight. And I started playing Spectre Knight again. Spectre Knight is almost a better game overall than the original Shovel Knight. Spectre Knight is awesome. Really? It's real good. It's it's got some RPG ish mechanics in there, real good.
0: Does yeah. not make does not make it an RPG. Don't even don't do it.
1: No, it's don't not. It. But uh, it does have you know there 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 is a hub town. There are lots of NPCs to talk to. There's mm-hmm. like little quests and stuff and little mini games and it's real good. It's real good. So I'm playing through that. I'm more than halfway done on on the Specter Knight thing. You, you are That's you playing good. that on the Switch? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Switch. I actually, uh, I bought it twice. So I bought it on the Wii U, and then I bought it again on the Switch. Nice. So, because Shovel Knight on the Wii U was really good, and then I started to... Because it was so good, I got it again on the Switch. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, what else have I been playing? I played the demo for Brigadine. Oh, yes, we talked about that a little bit. We we did talk about that. Uh, I played through the tutorial, and then a very little bit... Because you only get, like, three seasons... Of stuff to do Mm -hmm. and it's all right there is some it's a very big it's definitely a budget game uh not budget uh sorry uh it has a budget it's like a game that they clearly put some money into right it doesn't feel low budget whatsoever no there's good animation work there's good models the graphics are actually pretty good and in the way things are laid out in the ui looks quality but it's not actually intuitively laid out <laughs> some no. of the things <laughs> no, it's not weird. at all yeah um, it's it's hard to access things. It's also weird like the stats that they are showing you don't seem important or or relevant to what you need to do in order to combat one another. and it kind of just but yep. they're
0: made to seem important, like went through the tutorial because I played it as yeah, well yeah. they're made it to seem like uh you know. They are important, like, different enemies have weaknesses and strengths, and it's just... But go go ahead, go ahead, further explain.
1: Yeah, and then when you're actually doing the... So there's the overworld stuff, which kind of plays like uh, Dragon Force, which we've talked about a long time ago, Mm -hmm. but this is... It feels like a Dragon Force game, except for the combat which is dramatically different. The combat in Dragon Force is not turn-based. It's real-time. And in this game, it's turn-based in a hex grid. Uh, And that's fine. But it's also kind of not doing anything new. Some of the new-ish things is that you have generals, and you can deploy multiple generals within a battle map. And Mm -hmm. each general can have a cluster of monsters with them, like unicorns and dragons and fairies and whatnot. Uh, and when, and the turn taking is not turn taken by players. It's turn taking by generals, right? So a general will go and that general's minions will go. And then it's the next general, which could be yours or could be the enemy's general. It depends mm-hmm. on their, their order. Um, I think it has to do with their level or yeah, something. I don't their remember if there was or
0: speed like or, uh, yeah, it was some, some number. There, there's a know. number.
1: Yeah and it goes by their number in a certain order, and whoever has the lowest number or the highest number goes first, and then the next, and the next. And it's that general and their minions and stuff like that. And then every unit can have a couple of different things. Some of them can have, uh, I think, the generals. Some of the generals have some passives. Uh, a lot of them have activatable abilities. Uh, some of them require spending mana to activate certain abilities. There's range tech, stuff like that. It's pretty good overall it's just the numbers are are bad this is a, this is a game <laughs> this is a great example of like your numbers are too big yeah it, it, it's like I, a great example of it
0: well i i know what you mean i just i felt like the whole game itself was just really um hard to wrap my head around um i i felt like it was poorly explained maybe maybe that was my issue or maybe I just wasn't into it and I just wasn't paying attention to what they were telling me. Uh, but it just, I don't know. It was just difficult for me. It's hard to explain. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and there's also uh, grammar errors and uh, mm-hmm. spelling errors
0: <laughs> yeah. that's in there.
1: Um, it's it's actually, if it wasn't being sold for so much, I think it's what? $60 game, right? I want to say 50 50 or 60 Yeah, I'd have to look. It's, it's up there. I don't it think is. it should be that that high up there. No. If it's forty, I can argue for forty. I feel like thirty to forty is where it should be. I don't fault them for selling it for sixty though. But,
0: I, there are definitely like a lot of systems in place. Like it's a very comp. I think it's, a, I think it's a complex game, and and maybe that's my issue. Is just I'm not bright enough to play it. It's,
1: <laughs> um, not, it's actually kind of straightforward. It, it's not that complicated. The um, uh, the overworld, the the meta part of the strategy, the grand strategy. So this is a, it is like Fire Emblem, mm-hmm. when you're doing the combat, the the actual battling between factions or, or the actual battle map stuff. But when right. you're in the world map, that is the grand strategy element, right. where you are making sure that you're organizing because there's two phases of this game. There's the the grand strategy phase where you are sort of um, what's the word, where you're the logistics, you're handling the logistics of your war? Of yeah, your you're basically,
0: you're just wanting to uh, take over other people like, not other just a few
1: forts, other yes. nodes there, yeah. there are multiple nodes on the map and they're mm-hmm. all in control of different uh, countries or, or factions, Regions, wh- whatever maybe. they are Yeah, yeah, and there's different ones and you gotta you gotta make sure that you're holding as many of these forts or castles or towns or whatever as you can and therefore you need to make sure you don't leave a fort that borders an enemy fort mm-hmm. uh, an enemy fort node don't leave that one undefended right so you got to make sure that you, you defend your borders meanwhile it's kind of like kind of like risk how risk plays out so it's like take the game of risk and that's the first phase of the game, and then the second phase, where it's actually in combat, um, the battle map combat stuff. It's like Fire Emblem, but with hexes.
0: That's what I mean. It's like there's a lot. There's a lot going on. It really is, and um, yeah, I don't know why. I just maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I have I have no idea. Maybe I I just have to go back to it. Um. But it is it is from a publisher I've never heard of, uh, Happy Net Corporation regardless yeah, it's yeah. uh it is $50 so i think it's a big kind of ask uh for for this for a game that really no one's ever really heard of you know um but well, they, did, they they did put a lot of time and effort into this for sure
1: yeah yeah and i'm not out on the game yet I am going to... Because uh, I didn't finish the demo, the three, the full three seasons. Oh, um, yeah.
0: And, uh, well, the demo... Uh, in the free trial mode, you are able to play up to ten seasons or until you control seven or more bases.
1: Okay. All right. So I am going to play out the demo just to get a better sense of it I'm not out on it. No? Uh, okay. It could still have me in there because I'm getting that Dragon Force vibe. Yeah. So... It, it
0: feels like a Johnny game, so...
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, another weird game. I I've been playing a lot of games. <laughs> another weird game that I have been playing is uh, I got back into Octopath Traveler.
0: Ugh.
1: I'm back on it. I I am. You, uh, are are you
0: back on it just to say you've completed
1: it, or you... I just want I just want to complete it. That's okay. It. I'm pretty much on it, so I can finish it. There's four chapters for every character i am finishing chapter three the last like five characters so yeah. um and then after that it'll be chapter four for all the remaining characters so right i'm going to do all the character stories all eight of them all chapter four on all of them and then all
0: separately all individually because no all one, individual no yeah, one the in story- that party talks to each other apparently this-
1: the story and the dialogue is, like, very phoned in in that game. <laughs> it's gotten to the point where even though it's it's the main... All right, so the little dialogue exchanges between party members that can happen, the banters, yeah. is awful. <laughs> why almost... why do you even have it?
0: Oh, man. it's, it's, it's I think it's one of the worst things. Like, either have nothing or, like, have full interactive party members, like, where yeah. they actually talk to each other. Like, that feels just so half-worked. It's just, I don't know.
1: It's lazy. What, the dialogue exchanges feel so lazy. And it they just add, feels they lazy. add
0: nothing. They add very little to nothing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some, I mean, some of the stories. So, all right. So the, I, I could talk more about it later on when I beat it, but like okay. some, some characters, the story doesn't, it's like phoned in. And some okay. characters, like uh, Primrose, the story's actually like pretty good.
0: Yeah. I think she's probably the best she was one of my more favorite characters when i played the game uh was Primrose. yeah, yeah you but you're right some some characters have a lot better stories
1: uh than others for sure yeah so i'll i'll play it out and and just to see how it is but it's um i'll, I'll beat it that's that's going to be on my list cuz i'm i'm running low and then there's one last little tiny game that i've been working on real good i've been, i i have 90, I think 90 hours in this game so far. What? <laughs> yeah. It is Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, the PSP remake of the Super Nintendo game. What? Uh I'll have more to say when I finally This is this will be the next game. I'm absolutely gonna be. I'm totally gun ho unbeaten it. Uh there is some things about this game that I am my, if we ever make a list of best video game stories or best RPG stories, specifically yeah. story, okay. I am... I very much might put this at number one.
0: Well, if we're oh. just doing just, just RPGs, like non-Nintendo... Uh, no, no, no,
1: no. Number one video game story of all time.
0: This one's up there.:
1: I think it might be number one. I, I need to finish it. Okay. But oh my goodness, it is insanely good.: Insanely good. That It is real good.
0: I, I think at some point we'll do like a... see the thing is we, we like doing Nintendo switch things here, so maybe best yeah. na- na- narratively uh, kind of narrative-driven RPG, uh, some, something to that effect. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll figure it out, we'll figure it out
1: yeah so that that's what i have been playing all of those games how many less games have you been playing <laughs> <laughs>
0: um a, a big number of less actually uh all right uh well I, I i don't remember in the last episode if i recall um did i say i beat trials of mana because i did Yes. Okay. Well, wow. That's how far behind I am. Okay. Uh, well, I've been playing Minecraft Dungeons recently. I, I got a little bit of a head start on that one. You can find that on the YouTube channel, and um, you know, it's it's your isometric action RPG, akin uh, to maybe Diablo. But I feel what they've done here, and uh, is they they've lightened it up. Okay, so it's not as deep as your Diablo experience, but it really does get compared a lot, unfortunately, to it. I think it's really geared more towards being kid-friendly. And I'll tell you why. It's just because my son and I are actually playing together. He's, he's seven, right? So he knows how to read and everything. And he's really, really getting into the numbers and the nitty-gritty. Like, he just fully understands it. And he absolutely, absolutely loves it.
1: Um, are the damage numbers big or are they small?
0: Uh, they, can, they can range. I think right now he's almost level 20. And the damage numbers are big, so maybe he's doing something upwards. And there's a range of maybe like sixty to seventy damage, depending on the item you get.
1: Okay, that that, that seems relatively small compared to what you would get in a Diablo game, which oh is
0: oh yeah, in like, the millions. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a little unnecessary. Uh, but again, oh, you know, we're, we're we're on the first difficulty, so I don't know what the other difficulties will bring. Oh, uh, okay. Or the first difficulty mode, because you can in each each mission area you can change the difficulty but you're we're still on adventure mode once you beat the game you can you can ramp up the even you can ramp up the difficulty even more with
1: um, with your same character right yeah. just like how diablo does it right exactly where you do new game plus
0: right that's exactly what it sounds like okay uh yeah. we haven't got we haven't gotten to that point yet but i will tell you the the um there is no there's local co-op but there isn't local play so like i can't Physic- not physically, but I can't connect to him while I'm in the same room. I actually have to, we have to play online. And the way they have it set up, they have it set up, so he now needs a Nintendo Switch online account, which he has through me with the family plan, but he also needs an Xbox Live account, which is was a, annoying to set up for him, because he, he's wow. a... Ch- yeah, so I had to set up a new account for him. I already had one. Now, it doesn't need to be an active, like, Xbox Live... Uh, membership you don't need that you just need the account but it's just it's just the toost the way they that's like my new favorite word today it's just really uh, um the way they do it, it just it's it creates a lot more work you know and then not to mention yeah. you still need to be friends on nintendo switch it would just be easier if we were just friends on nintendo switch and we could just play and, and it's um, all
1: because they don't do local like right. like you imagine it
0: right right no yeah you can like with, Say for example with uh, Animal Crossing we have two copies in the house I can play on one Switch and he can play on his own Switch and we're on the same island. Where uh, with Minecraft Dungeons we can't do that you actually have to go online so I don't know. Uh, I, I think that one wasn't really worked through unless they want us to go through their servers and that's essentially what they're doing so yep. it is a short. it is a very short game to completion from start to finish you're looking at about four hours not a long game at all but there's some replayability in there so it's not That is
1: short so did you beat it
0: yeah yeah oh. I, I i beat it almost on the first day
1: <laughs> and so so you're beating it on like a harder difficulty now yeah i'm
0: doing a harder difficulty um i got it like i had mentioned i got a head start but then when i purchased it for my son um, I'm now helping him along, and now I'm helping my daughter along. So we're we're just I'm just kind of running through it, a few times. How, how many players does it support? Four players. Oh
1: yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you done it with uh, played with all three of them, or
0: I've I've done all three. Um, it does. Here's the thing. Now when when I initially got it, it was on version one. There was a lot of issues. I was having a lot of frame rate issues, a lot of stuttering. Um, when there were a lot of enemies. On the screen, they recently put out a patch. It, it has gotten better, a lot better, actually. It still happens occasionally, but it, it has uh, subsided for the most part. Um, local co op is when I noticed it more. So when we were playing on one Switch, that's when things got really, really bad. But since the update, it's a little better. And that's <laughs> when, when, when you look at my videos, they were all pre update so you'll see a lot of that frame rate dropping and that stuttering but they, they've helped that along and um yeah it's it's a short game it's not a full price game it is twenty dollars so it, I mean I think when you see that price range you kind of you don't expect you know a 20 30 hour game but yeah uh, but for four four hours it's kind of short but I don't know I I am enjoying it I am enjoying it and I'm and I'm an adult I'm an adult despite what a lot of people think.
1: It's, it's Minecraft. Mm-hmm. It, it's got an adult uh, protagonist yep. called Steve. <laughs> of course you'd enjoy it.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm having a good time with it, and like I'd mentioned, I'm having a good time with it with the family, and, you know, it's all lighthearted stuff. There isn't... You know, there's not a lot of violence and gore, you know, with, say, for example, with Diablo. I couldn't... I can't play that with him, you know? Um, with... Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition coming out, I don't know, in a couple of days. I figured I I got to play like really really short games. So I started The Witcher 3. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe that was a mis- mistake. Um but no, well, actually what I'm doing, what I'm doing is actually the expansions. So they're relatively short, about 10-15 hours on average
1: separate or do you need to do the main game and no. then access it within no. the
0: main right from the get-go you can either pick uh, the blood and wine expansion or the hearts of stone expansion okay. um so you can play and so what they do is they just basically put you at a good level they give you a decent amount actually quite a bit of stuff in your inventory a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of money all that stuff so you get they give you a pretty good head start to get going on the expansions um, and I chose the Hearts of Stone expansion because I, I had already played the Blood and Wine expansion, which is actually really, really good. I like the story in that. So I'm doing the Hearts of Stone one, and it's not as good. <laughs> the the, sto- the story wise, uh, it's just yep. not not that. It's not getting me good. But, whereas the Blood and Wine one was, was excellent. So, yeah, the, the Hearts of Stone it, it, and, and I hadn't played Witcher 3 in a really long time, so I had to kind of figure out how to play, especially jumping right into an expansion, you're like you're expected to kind of already know what the heck is going on, and I had no idea because I hadn't played it since it originally came out on Xbox One, so it had been a long time. So it was difficult. It was actually really, really difficult until I started getting back into the the, the rhythm, the dance moves. You know, I was able to figure it out. But I'm ha- I'm having a good time with it. I think actually after I'm the done with that. Moves. Yeah, because <laughs> the the combat's okay. All right, I feel like it's more more the um the what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? It's more the look of it. You know, it's it's like a dance with him.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it it's it's a very finesse based combat. Yeah, person.
0: that that's exactly the word I was looking for. Um, I might go back to the blood and wine one because, like I said, it was it was a lot better. Um, but so
1: you're just dabbling in the expansion stuff of the uh bite in your time until uh, That's Xenoblade it.
0: That's it. Cause yeah. I yeah, I'm gonna be putting I'm. it's the first time I'm playing this, so I wanna like really bunker down and and like get into it. Like I did with Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I wanna like I wanna be all over this.
1: Uh I want you to there there are points throughout the game where where stuff happens and I don't know like if you could like record your face <laughs> while these things happen okay but, like just just that would be great. like your first I, time being exposed to certain moments in, in the game, and that would that would be great to see. Right I mean, I was not
0: planning on recording this for YouTube because I figured like everyone's gonna be getting this game, everyone's yeah. gonna be putting this on YouTube. I was thinking maybe I'll do some like a short series, like ten, 10 episodes long, just and maybe I could do a face cam for you so you can see.
1: It, it, it's both for me and the fans. And the fans. Uh,
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that's, um, I, I haven't been playing much. I, I've been, I, I've had to go back to work, unfortunately. You know, yep. li- life gets in the way. So, yep. I've been playing catch-up there, and I've just been exhausted and tired, and and playing few games but i'm gonna get back into it now that i'm i'm feeling i'm feeling in the groove i'm feeling it now so that's so, what i've thank you so much for asking me i know you don't I, really
1: yeah.
0: oh i feel so good to be asked once in a while you you keep stealing my thunder man I never have i done that i would not <laughs> steal i don't steal anything now here's the thing because like there's been tons of news, I've been we had a difficult time finding new game announcements. So if there's anything out there that we missed in in this entire yeah. episode, let us let us know. Um, I know you will. Um, but yeah, we got we got a ton of stuff to go over. Let's get going. Unreal Engine five. That's how far back we're going. Unreal Engine five. Uh, will be supporting the Switch. Um, not to a degree where we're seeing it. In the demo, okay, so if you go out there, you see a demo that that was uh, shown um, insane it, it looks absolutely insane, not yeah. to that degree. we won't get that on the on the switch. We'll get a scaled back version, but still having something like this, Unreal Engine
1: Five on the switch great well the the big question is how well how easy is it for developers to or for how much does the engine automate the process of scaling down to the Switch? Mm -hmm. Cause if it can do all that crazy bells and whistles stuff for, you know, the PS five and whatnot, but still be able to take that most of that them assets and that game and that engine, that high fidelity graphics and scale it down to work on the switch. If it can do that in an automated enough way, then we're going to see lots of these next-gen games still be brought to uh, the Switch as well. That's mm-hmm. what I'm hoping for. I don't think it's possible, but that's <laughs> what I'm hoping for.
0: Hey, just the fact that they've mentioned the Nintendo Switch in this demo, um, or after the fact, anyway, uh, yeah. I'm, I am more than happy with that. So I think, um, I think it's good. It's, I think the future's looking good. Whether it's, yeah. whether it's for this iteration of the Switch or another one, coming down yeah. the line i think i think it's good news
1: the just just to throw it in there if people are hoping if my prediction is that if companies are leveraging that tech that they showed off on the unreal engine if they are leveraging that tech for next gen consoles there is no way those games are going to be ported to the switch because there is a very big divide on how that tech functions, and other things. Now, the fact that the Switch is supported by Unreal Engine 5, what that means is you can make a game on the Unreal Engine 5 that runs on Switch. But if you're doing that tech, and if that tech is integral to your game, I think there's a slim chance it's going to run on Switch. Yeah. Very slim.
0: Yeah. All right. um, Virtuos. So this Virtuos is a a development studio akin to, say, what Retro Studios is. So they're what they'll do is they'll take ports and they'll retro. Yes, Retro Studios. Yes, they're not like Retro Studios. Of course, Retro Studios
1: makes brand new games. What are you talking about? Okay,
0: what Retro Studios used to be. Okay. What do you mean used to be? Listen, listen to the words that I'm saying. Okay. Virtuous Studios is similar to Retro Studios, whereas. No. Okay. Fine. 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 In a recent review, Virtuous Studios' <laughs> senior producer has stated that the company is now in a position to bring any PlayStation 4 or Xbox One game to the Nintendo Switch platform. The team has worked on numerous Switch ports, including Dark Souls Remastered. The Outer Worlds, which we have yet to see how that runs. Uh, They've also uh, have worked on XCOM 2, which again, we're seeing that in a couple of days here. Uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas. So they've done quite a bit of porting over um, just like Retro Studios has ported over some things as well. Am I wrong in that, Johnny? Has Retro's... Uh,
1: Yeah, you're very wrong. Am I? I'm (laughs) off on this? You're chalking up Retro Studios to, to porting over games. They ported one game.
0: I thought it one was one. Are you sure? Are you sure about that?
1: Yeah, what else did they port? I don't know. Like I, Donkey I thought Kong Country, Tropical Freeze.
0: They, they ported over Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze, and then... Hang on. I gotta look. Now you're putting me on the spot.
1: I thought there were more. Right, so they made Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Not too long ago, by the way. They uh-huh. made it back in 20. 20- Fourteen or fifteen? I forgot when. Okay. Fifteen, let's call it fifteen. They made it. I, I don't know why and I'm that con- just happens to be the last game, the last game that they released, but that's only five years ago.
0: Then why and am I why am I confusing this? I don't know. Okay, I'm sorry. Just take back everything I said. They're not like virtual studios at all. Uh, but they're a exactly. porting they're a porting studio, okay? Yeah. Fine. They will. Retro is not
1: a porting studio. Uh,
0: and then they will be like retro studios, this virtuous studios. <laughs> but yeah, what do you what do you think of that? Like they they believe they can they can bring anything over that's on the PlayStation Four yeah. or the Xbox One.
1: Well, the, look, if that's if that's the case,
0: I got a list. I got a list probably yeah. a mile long that they need to work on.
1: Witcher 3 is already on Switch, and if that can run on Switch, pretty much anything can run on Switch. Yeah,
0: I think that that was Saber Interactive that did
1: that. And if you ask me, like, hey, this studio is saying we can do anything. Rockstar, wake up. Don't you want your your big giant Grand Theft Auto 5? Which Which was on last gen consoles and and this gen. And
0: it's still selling.
1: And it's still on the top whatever list of all time and all that stuff. It's like, selling like hotcakes always, bring that to Switch. Right, that was, I got,
0: I initially got that, because it was a, it was a cross-gen game, right? So I got that on the 360.
1: It, it wasn't cross-gen, it didn't straddle that cross-gen too much. Right. I think, I think there was a pretty big gap, like uh, a year and a half gap between when it released and next-gen release. Alright,
0: so they supported the
1: 360, okay. Supported the Xbox
0: One. You're right, but don't they have an Xbox 360 version?
1: That came out first. The 360 and the PS3. Okay, yeah. That,
0: okay, before. that's you're. You're confusing me today, Johnny. I'm not confusing you. You're oh, confusing
1: God. yourself. What I'm, talking right,
0: about? I'm wrapping my head around this. Oh my goodness. Okay.
1: What is the game? So, see as this porting expert developer studio is boasting that they can bring anything to the Switch. What's on your? What's the top on your list?
0: Dark Souls three. If they can do Dark Souls remastered, wow. I want Dark Souls two and three. I want them all.
1: They could definitely do two.
0: All right. They said they can do any of them. So Dark Souls three.
1: Wow, that was actually. Uh, I wasn't even thinking that, and you just <laughs> nailed it. Like I'm on board. Dark Souls three.
0: <laughs> even yeah. though I've
1: already played and beat it.
0: Oh, I would play it again. I love. That's one of my favorite ones. I yeah. love it.
1: I don't. I actually don't think I can challenge that. That's
0: that's it. <laughs> that's We're it. We're done. I mean, We're I
1: done. would. I
0: would take a. You know, take maybe Fallout Three. Um, I would take that. But that's. I don't know. I think you once you're Fallout running. 4? Well, Fallout Four, but I want Three, so I want them to remake, almost remaster it.
1: Ah, I see.
0: But uh, Fallout Four, you know, I, I would accept that. I would accept that.
1: Four Four would be amazing because I never finished Four.
0: Yeah. No, I, I completed that one, but I would, I, would, um, I would accept it. I would accept four. Yeah, Dark, Dark Souls 3. I'd have to look at my list over there. I can't really really see it, but um, maybe the Shadows of War uh, series.
1: Um, uh, I would love to see the Resident Evil remakes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those would be great. That would Right, and then if you bring over the Resident Evil remakes, you'll have every single Resident Evil game on the Switch. Well, all, all the main line, yeah, Evil. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, zero and one are, are on there already, right? I don't think two is on there or three, I think those are the only two that are missing. And then there's all obviously the four, five, six package, and seven is not there either. Mm-hmm. So if they're able to do you know any next gen game, bring over the Resident Evil's two, three, and seven. Bring them, do it, do it.
0: All right, uh. Uh, this is a weird. This is a weird one, right? So Nintendo has filed another quality of life patent. I don't even know what
1: this is. So, um, do you mind explaining this here? I could, but <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. Apparently, there's gonna be uh, an information processing system that's designed to quote provide a user with motivation for continuously performing. Measurement of health information. What?
0: Yeah, those... so it's like, it seems like it's almost like a medical
1: device, to be honest with you. Uh, the patent goes on to describe a device that aims to detect heart rate, respiration, and other biological information with a Doppler sensor. A speaker and a camera are also mentioned within the patent, which can be used to keep track of the user's emotions. So, it's got some face reading, yeah, mechanisms apparently, as well as uh, the heart rate, respiration stuff. Boy, they really. So what is this like? If you're looking into like a mirror, like mirror, mirror on the wall. Maybe. Who's the most Nintendo of us all? Me.
0: Um. They they must think of like they think they're always thinking of outside the box, and you know. They they kind of can because they're they're like the king of peripherals I guess you could call it you know like they have like the Joy-Con I think it's their right Joy-Con left Joy-Con I don't know it's got like so many different things you can do yeah the right one yeah yeah but it's so underutilized or I have yet to see like a lot of utilization on other than themselves like for example um the Labo the cardboard sets cardboard yep. games. Um, and the the
1: ring fit thing.
0: Ring, right ring fit uh adventures so there are a ton of games that they're utilizing the tech they're almost like they're trying to showcase it, but I had yet to see anyone else reach out and and take it you know unless you have have you have you seen any any games that utilize any of the technology
1: uh there are some like obscure third party stuff uh I think uh the world ends with you uses. Some of the motion stuff, and I think the IR sensor helps with that a little bit, but yeah. it also didn't do it well. So, yeah,
0: I, I mean, that, that's typically the only thing they reach for is the kind of the, the motion sensing, but everything else, nah, I'm not seeing it.
1: Oh, and there, there have been plenty of games that say they utilize the, um, the HD rumble, <laughs> I never really noticed. <laughs>
0: No, no, I don't feel cups jingling in there, you know. Oh, no, uh, ice, ice cubes. That's what it is. That's what the, that showed. All right. Well, we talked about this some time ago Dragon Quest The Adventure of Die. And it's been announced and it's been shown off a little bit. And it's been announced. Some time ago? Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't. The last some-
1: episode.
0: Some time ago, <laughs> it was announced. <laughs> That was a that was like a week and a half ago. That's like a lifetime ago sometimes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a it's Dragon Quest: The Adventure of Dai is a classic manga, 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 an anime series based on Dragon Quest, which is getting a new arrival anime series along with three new game projects: Infinity, Infinity Strash, the Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Dai. Their namings, I tell you, man, they they are. Uh, Quite a mouthful here. Um, it, the Adventure of Die is one of the projects, and I don't think it's doing anything out of the box. It looks pretty straightforward for a Dragon Quest type game, except well, for, except it's
1: not straightforward though.
0: Except for it looks like an action
1: yeah. RPG. Oh, well, that that's a big difference, right? And it, it is a big. Not...
0: Ti- yeah, it is a, it is a big difference. Uh, one thing I'm I have yet to see. Is that it? Will it come to the states? Will it come to the West? They they are very slow when it comes to Dragon Quest bringing that over here. Yeah. So this
1: looks like Trials Mm -hmm. of Mana.
0: It looks. I I, I would say it looks better than Trials of Mana because I like the way it's kind of cell shaded, whereas Trials of Mana didn't do that. You know. Just just my opinion on that. It almost looks very. It looks very anime esque in this yeah. Dragon Quest, whereas Trials more, of Mana more looked, anime. Yeah, where Trials of Mana was just doing some sort of just a three represent- D half anime. Yeah, yeah, I guess that would be a good way to call it half a half anime. Yeah, but yeah, it, it looks really cool. It looks really interesting. It's just I don't think we'll be seeing
1: this for a long time. Uh, An and action the- Dragon Quest game that. That's at least that's something different for the Dragon Quest franchise.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll, that's set to come out sometime in Japan for uh, 2021. We won't see that for a long time. Unfortunately. It's too bad. Alright. Bug Fables. This is... I'm surprised you're not in on this game. Okay? No. No? Nah. It looks bad. It does not look bad. This is your Paper Mario Thousand Year Door inspired bug game. It's it, the reviews are coming out and they're actually getting rated pretty well. And really? uh, yeah. Oh yeah. If you look Johnny at the linked article at rpgsite.net.net um you will see that they rated it a 9 out of 100. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is they rated it 9. Um pretty good review. So I think it's, it's, it's worth a look-see. I think it's worth, worth a look. So, Bug Fables.
1: That is the only site that has a review for it. 9 out of
0: 10, Johnny. 9 out of 10. Moonlighter. <laughs> <laughs> Moonlighter. Between Dimensions expansion is arriving on consoles by the time you listen to this podcast. And Between Dimensions is a six, I think, six or seven dollar DLC. I have to click on this here. Um, that That's bringing in a ton of things. It's bringing in mini bosses, full set of weapons, new armor, uh, trick weapons, rings, shop upgrades. It's got a lot of stuff going on with it. So, just want to put that out there. DLC. Coming to
1: Moonlighter. Did you play Moon- Moonlighter? Uh, I wanted to play it. It looks real good, right? It's like a uh, action RPG with uh, a whole like you're, you're collecting materials to then sell. Yeah, at your yeah store it's, it's,
0: a, it's a roguelike action RPG um, that has that kind of metagame where you you're a shopkeeper. Um, so yeah,
1: it, 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 is, w- it is interesting. Yeah, I, I wish listed it, hoping for a sale, and there have been some sales. I think, it, I think it got as low as like 10 bucks. I don't know why I haven't picked it up yet. Oh, maybe oh. because I have too many things to work on. So yeah, that's probably why. Considering
0: but. you rattled off like 10 games at the beginning of the episode, I think <laughs> maybe you should just, just take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> Bloodstains got a new update. It's the update we've been talking about for a while. So they have that randomizer, which is really, if you look at the, their site, uh, you can. Uh, do I have it here? What is their website name? Is it. Playbloodstained.com. Yeah, playbloodstained.com. It kind of goes over what the randomizer is included. And it gets really, really detailed in here. I'm really kind of surprised on how detailed they get in here uh, with the with the randomizer. But yep, it's it's got like a goal where you can defeat certain characters. It's got key oh, items, uh, yeah. uh, warp points, items, enemy drops, crafting, shops, and quests. So all of those can be Manipulate and it, it what it does. It creates a seed, and then from that seed, you play your game.
1: Yeah, that's cool, and so you can kind of enable features of the castle. Yeah, whether whether you want them to exist within it or not. Hmm. Uh, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, pretty cool. And then you can play as I'm not familiar with this character. I think once um, I don't I don't want to spoil anything.
1: But it's not can, a spoiler. It's not this a character okay. has had his own game. Okay. That released a year prior to Ritual of the Night right. on Switch. I, I, didn't, I didn't. know because I haven't beaten Cur- it. I didn't want to spoil. Yeah, it. Uh, Curse of the Moon. So Blood, uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon is where you play as Zengetsu. Okay. And now uh, Zengetsu is uh, a playable character in Bloodstained Ritual of the Night.
0: Okay. There you go. You can now play as him. Um, once you've completed Bloodstain and gotten the good ending, you'll be able to choose and get to to play through the game a second or 30th time, as they say. Uh, that... Yeah. that well, I would never do that. Um, all right. Take-Two has 93 games planned for release by March 2025. That's so, crazy. So they have five years, 93 games, they are all... Sports games. Alright, next article. <laughs> no, I mean they they have quite a bit going on, right? So they
1: have they do have um well they got Civilization. Yeah, I'm they got Bioshock. To... Yep, yep. Or or the Shock franchise, the Civilization franchise, the XCOM franchise, all three of which are coming to Switch or are on Switch. Yep. They've got the sports franchises as you mentioned, so Uh, They also have, uh, there's one other one that I'm missing.
0: Do they also have, um, because they're, they're, are they a publisher? Do they also have Rockstar? They do. Oh,
1: yeah, Take-Two. Yeah, Take-Two has Rockstar. Yep. Um, So, maybe GTA Rockstar doesn't come out with games. (laughs) (laughs) They don't? In five years, they'll come out with one game.
0: That's okay. (laughs) That's okay. Um, So, yeah, it's, uh, Take-Two publishing is Rockstar 2K private division, Ghost Story, I'm not, I'm not very familiar with Ghost Story, and they do Social Point, which I think is mostly mobile uh, titles. So once you start putting in the mobile aspect on here, 93, 95 games, whatever it is, doesn't sound so impossible.
1: But well, Borderlands is another one, right?
0: Yep. Borderlands, XCOM, you got the Shock games. You have quite a bit coming in the recent, I don't know, week or two. Week. And they,
1: they just re-released those Mm-hmm. On multiple consoles, so it's not like they're going to re-release those again, so it makes you wonder what these you know 93 games are going to be. They can't re-release the same thing over and over and over again. No,
0: and, the, and, and I think the article uh, says, and it was from a conference call, that the they're all brand new games.
1: Oh, I see, yeah, yeah. yeah. the company told investors that sixty three of the 93 are core experiences. And then 47 of these games are from existing franchises, while 46 of them are brand new intellectual properties. There you go. Nice. Wow, that's so exciting.
0: We'll be getting some new stuff. Uh, speaking of 2K games, we have an article from Nintendo. Uh, I'm sorry, my Nintendo news. 2K games. We really want to keep releasing games for the Nintendo Switch moving forward. Then do it. Yeah. What are you? What do
1: you, What are you yeah. waiting? What are you waiting for? We we already talked about a bunch of them that should be on. Switch. <laughs> like, why isn't Borderlands on Switch? Well, actually, it's coming. It's coming. Right. It's coming. But,
0: like, what it took them long sh- enough? What took you long? You know, yeah. it took so long.
1: And Grand Theft Auto, why wasn't that day one on Switch? I don't know.
0: I re- it really it's- should be. It really should be, unless they're just yeah. they have zero interest in in doing so.
1: It makes no sense, and they could even bring uh, the Red Dead Redemption. They could oh, bring yeah. that on Switch.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It, and we say this a lot. If The Witcher three, maybe The Witcher three and Red Dead, maybe they are Are they comparable? You think? Like, is that something oh, that uh, we could both see?
1: Well, I'm I'm saying Red Dead the first one. Oh, okay, because right. that was prior gen. Yes. that could definitely come to Switch. No questions asked. Red Dead two. Well, the Rockstar people, they're sticklers for polish, so I don't know if they'd want to see their beloved Red Dead 2 run on inferior hardware. Yeah, I,
0: I, that's what I was saying. I don't know that we could see Red Dead 2. Uh, but Red Dead, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that that could be on there. Come on, Rockstar. Again, more 2K stuff. Borderlands, Bioshock, and XCOM Physical editions require large downloads, so get make sure you have space. Get larger micro yeah. SD cards. Maximum is forty two gigs. I don't have to look and see if they have it broken. Yeah, down that, that's there. the
1: Borderlands collection. That's gonna be forty two gigs. Uh, the next big one is Bioshock collection, which I have on order, so it's gonna arrive in the next couple of days, and that's thirty one gigs. Wow. I actually have to delete some stuff for that. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Um, that's, That's unfortunate. And then X Or is I could 24. get another card. Yeah,
0: I think maybe just get another card, but it's gonna be a pain in the butt to kinda keep swapping them. Yeah. And, or we get yeah. a larger, larger one.
1: Now, or these... try to remember what saves are on what card. That oh, that'd be terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what a what a stinky situation this is, but it's it's not unheard of. It's just that the Switch has just so little system memory, you know?
1: Well, the memory was supposed to be inside the carts. It's just developers and publishers don't want to pay for the bigger carts. Because mm-hmm. it's expensive and I understand. Mm-hmm. So they push that cost onto us, the consumers. And there we go.
0: You guys figure it out. Yeah. That, that's basically what they're saying. System Shock Remastered has a demo on Steam. Right
1: now. So, right now. <laughs> so get it. I, is this coming to the Switch? Well, so being that the Shock series is under the 2K name, Mm -hmm. and we just heard that 2K wants to bring more stuff to the Switch, and Take-Two Interactive is pumping out even more games, uh, even though, uh, as another tidbit to this article, that System Shock uh, 3 is also in development, And and that's being gobbled up by Tencent. To a certain degree, yep. First, The shock series, especially System Shock, has been under such crazy mismanagement and mishandling, and just just gamers want to see that thing arrive. But uh, either way, System Shock Remastered could obviously run on Switch. Uh, it's you know if you just look at the videos of how that's running, it could definitely run on Switch. I think it's on Unity or used to be on Unity and is on a diff- uh, probably on Unreal. Vice versa. One of the, it's on one of those engines that clearly support by Switch. It could come to Switch, and it should. You've played it before. I have not. I would love to experience this. Um, well, I, n- I never played the first one. Oh, okay. I played the second one, and it's, one, it's phenomenal. It's one of my favorite RPGs. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it is that, the second one is that good. I am looking, the second one's so good that I'm looking forward to this mysterious third one. And I'm willing to play a remake of the first one. And if you ever look at the first one, the first one's awful looking. It's terrible. Is it it's really? it's back in the like that early nineties Doom One style graphics. Oh gross. Except not as uh not as smooth handling as Doom One. It's way more obtuse, uh, mm-hmm. with weird, quirky RPG mechanics. It wasn't very well implemented. still a first-person shooter RPG experience, but yeah, it wasn't Shooter was an afterthought <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
0: speaking of Tencent, you mentioned Tencent, just want to quickly say that Tencent is buying 20% stake in Marvelous now Marvelous is a, is a video game developer as well as publisher, uh, some of their titles are the Rune Factory series uh, Demon X Machina was, uh, is, a, is a game that they've put out there and the story of seasons. So Tencent, man, they they have their hands; they're everywhere,
1: and a lot of stuff. They just buy twenty percent of like a lot of companies, like Activision Blizzard, right?
0: Yep, here's twenty percent. Bam, done. It's crazy. Liam Robertson. Um, if you're on the Twitterscape, you'll know who Liam Liam Robertson is. He's a, he. He has occasionally come out with some some rumor tidbits, and typically when he has rumor tidbits, I tend to believe him. Uh, he's really in the know here. He is at um, Dr. Underscore Cupcakes, um, but <laughs> he is, um, he kind of replied, or quote, retweeted someone, uh, VGC, an unannounced Nintendo Switch version of Pikmin 3 will reportedly be ready for release soon. Um, so Pikmin 3 And what he said is can corroborate this I get the impression it's been ready for Ready to go for a while Along with Pikmin 4 Something's going on there uh, So yeah Where there's smoke there's fire Especially I really do trust him I, I think uh, we'll be seeing something soon
1: Yep When? Soon <laughs> And And if From Nintendo's perspective Right Pikmin, the Wii U was a major, un, major unsuccess. Uh, I probably phrased that wrong. It was very unsuccessful. <laughs> so <laughs> because of that, any game that was on the Wii U may not have faltered because the game is from this, this fr- dead franchise. Mm-hmm. So their Nintendo is definitely dabbling, double dipping, pretty much on every single game that came to Wii U. Right, Captain Toad, Mario, uh, New Super Mario World, whatever you Luigi plus <laughs> Mario yep. Kart Eight, right? You name it. If it was if it was on Wii U, it's gonna eventually be on Switch, and this is one of the last remaining ones. There's still a few, but it's it that list is getting shorter and shorter by the day.
0: Right, Xenoblade Chronicles X, please.
1: Yeah, but that would yeah. be awesome.
0: Yeah, Pikmin three. That'd be cool.
1: cool. Oh, that'd be great. Cool I little, would little game. That'd be another game I'd buy again. You would buy that again, huh? Yeah, I would. If it's on Switch and if they do a good job, I will definitely buy it again. hmm Cause I, I love the Pikmin franchise yeah. and I would definitely uh I, I want to beat it and I never beat it on the Wii U. Well
0: there you go. So. Now you can take it anywhere and beat it. Wait a minute. Let's let's not take that out of context. Alright. Mm-hmm. Um, Now, all right. So it is a very weird time in the gaming universe, especially with E three gone. With E three gone, everybody's kind of resorted to these digital kind of video type of things. Now, here's the problem: like everybody's doing them, and it's all over the place. Like it's really kind of hard to find decent kind of like like a compilation, a list of all the goings on. And even when you do have a list, a compilation of all the goings on, it is still confusing as heck. It is just, there's just no unifying presence. And that's what really, really kind of hurts this. We, and on our site, switchrpg.com, we did put a list together of quite a few of the digital conventions that are happening, but I will tell you that it is, it is still going to be hard to keep track of. Yeah. But one of uh one of the the video style directs that just recently happened, uh the wholesome direct by wholesome games. They they, they had fifty-five announced games, like brand brand new games. And I well, just
1: not on. necessarily brand new. Some right. of these games have been announced before and they've been dormant for a bit. For example, uh Oblets Oblets has been a game that has been shown on across multiple E3s, I don't know, for like the past two to three years. Okay. It's been around for a bit, uh, and I was kinda looking forward to it because it's like this weird almost Pokemon kind of thing, but it's, it's kinda like Pokemon and Harvest Moon had a baby or something something weird.
0: It's weird. You gonna make me it's look weird. this up. Ooblet Pokemon Babies, Ooblet. what am I doing?
1: Yeah, it's it's a farming creature collection and town life game. Where you explore the world of Oob, participate in dance battles, manage a farm, customize your house and character, and collect Ooblet friends. Like <laughs> I said, it's like Pokemon and Harvest Moon had a baby. Yeah, they did. They had Ooblets.
0: But th- there were just a kind of a few that I just wanted to break out. One of which was Haven. This is actually one that I had heard of because I was looking up really kind of some because I wanted to do a video on some Kickstarted games. This is this is one of them it's a, a game called Haven. Uh you're essentially um two two people. It, it very much reminds me of uh No Man's Sky. And I'm not exactly sure of the RPG elements in this. I I'd, I'd have to really dive into it again, but Haven was uh, one that stood out. Along with Battle Cakes, a snack-sized RPG. Is, is that I think it actually is a turn based rpg just got to look it up quick quick a turn based rpg that you're dealing with your your cupcakes right so it's really kind
1: of i'm um, I'm looking at a bunch of uh games here there's there's quite a bit I'll, most of these are indie
0: yes nearly all of them are indie i would say all of them are indie
1: yeah uh there is one that is weird. It looks the the most impressive one I've seen so far is this game. Oh, no, they buried it. I'll uh, we'll have to scroll back to that one.
0: But yeah, the one I was mentioning Battle Cakes the snack size RPG, it almost reminds me of the battle system in Child of Light. It's kind of that turn-based um kind of time turn-based. Sort of mechanic, um, but it's very animated, like a, you're watching a cartoon uh, and you're cupcakes. <laughs> so it is, it is kind of cool. And uh,
1: that, the one, I, I'm surprised you didn't pick up on this one. There's, there's a game that was revealed called Book of Travels. Book of and Seven. it is a RPG. Uh, where, if you go to, um, so the developer is Might in Delight uh so if you go to mightanddelight.com/bookoftravels uh so the developers might and delight the genre is atmospheric online rpg oh wow that's how they classify the genre for the, for this book of travels game if you just okay. put in book of travels they also classify it as a tmorpg Excuse which me? stands for tiny multiplayer online rpg oh interesting that so is, instead of massively online, <laughs> massively multiplayer online RPG, it's tiny multiplayer online RPG. That is strange, and, and but it looks, gr- it looks good. It looks good. It kind of looks like Ashen. The the graphics of Ashen.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I, I just I was only I wasn't able to watch the entire thing. Um, oh okay. So, so I am looking at this book of. Tri- I wasn't able to watch it as it happened, which I really wanted to. But you're right. It definitely reminds me of of Ashen. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to take a a deeper dive into this.
1: Yeah. Right now the website only states it's coming to PC, so we'll have to wait and see as to whether or not it comes to consoles. I'll talk Um, to them. I'll talk to them. Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Get the word out there. I'll get the word out. Another one was Alchemic Cutie. It is a very pixel art game, a relaxing adventure RPG set in a colorful colorful Wimble Wimba Island, sorry. While taming wild jellies you'll meet villagers and enter jelly competitions and uncover secrets around the island. So it looks and reminds me a lot of Stardew Valley. Um so I would just say that. If if you kinda are into Stardew Valley, you may be into alchemic cutie.
1: But yeah, yeah, def- okay. I can I can see that. You can see that? I'm glad. Yeah, kinda. I don't know, it's it's got a weird interface. The interface looks like it's Sardew Valley, though. Yeah. I have no clue what the hell what that game plays like, though. Because <laughs> there's music in there. There's a lot of music.
0: Right. And you better not be blasting that music right now. You hurt my, <laughs> you'll hurt my sensitive ears. Um, but yeah, definitely take a look at the Wholesome Direct. That was one of the first ones that, that kind of kicked off everything. And there are a ton of games that were, that were in there. 55 and all. Uh, so yeah, take a peek at that. Okay. Now I'm gonna re- I'm gonna really rely on you for this next segment. Yep. Okay. Mostly because it revolves around Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, and I have not played the game initially. I've never played Xenoblade Chronicles. But let's start this off. All right, Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, because what's happened right now is the review review embargo's up. Everybody's got a lot of information out there. Uh, some good, some bad. It's just there's just a lot of stuff going on. All right, Xenoblade Chronicles Future Connected scenario is around 20 hours in total. I think that's pretty pretty good. Uh, I th- yeah. that isn't that what what the Torna expansion was about? Maybe a little bit more than that.
1: Uh, probably a little less than that because Torna was a bit. Uh, it was a bit bloat, uh Not bloated, but filler. There was some degree of filler, but okay. Torna. From what I remember, Torna was right around 20 hours. And I think 20 hours for this one, from what I've uh, heard and listened to and read, uh, 20 hours is, like, the most that you'll get out of the expansion. Oh, okay. This, this uh, prologue, paralogue, epilogue, epilogue. Epilogue. Uh, but that's fine. That's perfectly fine. I wasn't expecting anything extra from the definitive edition. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to be on board with this Torna stuff. Uh, not Torna. Um... This uh, what do they call it? Uh future is a futures
0: uh, connected. Futures connected. There we go. Yeah, uh, another bit of piece, a bit of piece, bit of news. Monolith Soft says they created this uh, definitive futures connected epilogue for two and a half reasons. Um, because
1: yeah, yeah guys,
0: <laughs> it's because we felt. B- I, all right, let you. I'm gonna let you read this because. <laughs> a lot of this stuff means nothing to me. I have no idea what they're talking about.
1: Okay, so there is a character uh, called Melia. Okay. Who's a part of your... Who joined your party. Um, and I guess she's an important character, but she's not as important as... She's not the least important character, but she's not... She doesn't get... I guess, I guess maybe they felt... Because she is a very important character, but she doesn't get much story time. Okay. Or or as much story time. Given her level of importance in the story, kind of. So it seems like she gets kind of like the backseat. And that's one of the reasons why they wanted to dedicate this Futures Connected thing to Melia. Mm-hmm. It's really a story about Melia uh, than it is about... Uh, The other party members. Okay. So that's one reason. Another reason is, and I think this is the main reason, they had the shoulder content cut (laughs) from the original game. And because they already had that content there, they decided to use it and roll with it to make this this thing.
0: So they had a whole explorable area, kind of a whole map unused. And they're like, all right, let's just (laughs) utilize this and wrap a story around it.
1: yeah I, I think that's the main the main reason for it
0: probably <laughs> <laughs> probably um and then we run into uh, what di- dynamic resolution okay resolution gate I don't know what the heck you want to call it, but apparently there are a lot of numbers associated with this so the leak shows there's a leak out there shows dynamic 720p docked and dynamic 540p. Uh, handheld. Yep. So, dynamic meaning depending on what's going on, the resolution can dip. It can change along with the FPS. Can well, dip, it's change
1: the resolution dips in order to prevent the frame rate from dipping. That's right. the trade off.
0: That did not happen in Assembly Chronicles Two. There was frame rate dips all the time and resolution dips all the time. It it ran know, pretty good for me well handheld i I played the majority of that handheld.
1: oh, that's why then yeah. yeah
0: so resolution and, and this is uh Twitter user Massa Gr- greater dev
1: oh, it's not a secret anymore. there's plenty of stuff on like YouTube and whatnot that right. you can see right, because it's, right yeah. because
0: it's all it's all the embargoes are basically up and out yeah so. Yeah. But yeah, so there's that dynamic resolution. I'm not surprised at all. I, I mean, I was kind of hoping that we'd see resolutions docked anyway higher than 720. But I'm okay, I'm okay with that, because I'm not, I'm not an FPS junkie. I'm not a resolution junkie. I'm more of the gameplay junkie. You know, is, is everything there to, to be had? Is it, does it play well? You know, that sort of stuff.
1: If that's the case, then why didn't you play this game already? It's been out for like 10 years. It's uh, got I, the low I, resolution that you're okay with.
0: Well, I, I I never got it for the Wii, and <laughs> I've been waiting for the definitive edition, so it just uh, took 10 years to do it.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty disappointed that this game isn't running at least 900p. I'm yeah. pretty disappointed on that because, yes, the times that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 had the resolution really drop and things got pretty blurry, that was very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Now it's understandable and because there are moments when the resolution doesn't drop that the game is absolutely gorgeous. But the fact that 720p is the high end, that's disappointing.
0: It is. It is a little bit. I'm don't get me wrong. I'm I'm still gonna enjoy it. I I think you'll enjoy it as well.
1: Yeah. It's, but, go ahead. Yeah. Well, the videos seem, the videos out there showed a more stable frame rate or seemingly more stable frame rate. So that's cool. And here's the thing if, there, if this is a sacrifice between stable frame rate and lower resolution or higher resolution, right, I am better with the locked in stable 30 frames per second as long as they do have this dynamic resolution scaling, and the cap can be raised. And the reason why I'm okay with it is, in the event that the Switch HD, or the Switch 2.0 comes out, auto-magically, this game will, because it runs on dynamic resolution resolution scaling, Mm -hmm. the developers pretty much don't have to do anything, and the game will, hopefully, have a 900 or 1080p version. Just like right off RIP when that newer model comes out.
0: Or, I mean, what's to say that they don't continue their work on this? There's actually already been a patch. I think it's yeah. 1.1.1, so it's already been a patch. I haven't seen the patch notes for I don't even think it's been avail- made available. But there's been some stuff done behind the scenes. And who's to yeah. say that they don't, down the line, make further improvements, you know?
1: Yep. And th- yeah, they could very well do that. So... We'll see. Uh, Either way, when you look at it, the game looks good. It does does look good. I I mean, I wish
0: it looked as good as some of these, like, high-definition wallpapers that I'm seeing out there. I I wish it looked like that, but I think it looks fine. I think it looks really excellent, so. Yeah. This is, uh, let's see here. Nintendo Treehouse Rep says that Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition's lip-syncing had to be redone. So this just goes further into that this is just not a you know, a coat a nice coat of paint on Xenoblade. There's there's a lot of work that's been put a, into this.
1: A huge amount of work. They uh you know, they re many of the songs got uh had musical rearrangements and re-recordings and recompositions. They allow you to switch between the old soundtrack mm-hmm. or the original soundtrack and the new uh recompositions or or rearrangements, uh there's another thing that we're going to talk about as well that they added on there. They went full tilt on this across the board.
0: Oh yeah, because I, I, what, what I've seen out there again, mostly on Twitter, is that they're, um, you know, is this a re, just a remaster, or is this just like a port over? I mean, it's just, it goes without saying that this is definitely this is like a, a remake. <laughs> It's not a port. It's not a remaster. This is a remake, right? I, that's what I would say.
1: It it's very close to remake, very very close. Uh, the only reason why I'm not not calling it remake is you know to, Final Fantasy Seven remake kind of shows how far you can take it mm-hmm. with a remake status, as well as Resident Evil Two and Three, right? They really take it to another dimension, right? But Xenoblade didn't need a new dimension. No, right? The game is solid. It just needed. A uh, new co- it needed this. This is what it needed.
0: Yeah, yep, I agree. I totally agree. All right, now players will have an option to select casual mode. These are for the <laughs> these are for the lesser, you know, the noobs out there. This is what <laughs> I'll be starting my game on on <laughs> casual mode. Uh, for those looking for an easier experience in the upcoming Xenoblade Chronicles on the Nintendo Switch, you'll be pleased to know that a casual mode is available in the game. The official Japanese Zinblade account shared the info on Twitter and stated a casual mode is available for beginners. If you turn on the setting, the battle will be easy so even beginners can enjoy with confidence. That's me. That's me.
1: <laughs> well, all right, so the game the game's not hard. It's not easy. So, so why this? It's, well, it's for it's for people that want story mode, right? Yeah. Yeah, I they, guess. They, they don't want to also You know, lower difficulty stuff like this can is good for people who are physically disadvantaged, Mm -hmm. so they can kind of enjoy the exploration, enjoy the story, uh, and not have to fumble or or get through the combat because it's too challenging physically for them uh, to get through. So it's for that. However, I do have this is like great news because this is toggleable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not only is there a uh, casual mode, there's an expert mode that oh, they inserted into it. And the it? expert mode doesn't add any additional difficulty. What it allows you to do is that feature that they had in Xenoblade 2, where you can uh, choose when to level up. Not quite in Xenoblade 2. Xenoblade 2, uh, it was more so you can choose to uh, when you want to add that additional bonus experience. Yep. from completing quests when you sleep at an inn. Right. Right? Yep. Uh they have that in this you just toggle on expert mode and you can actually decrement or increment your character levels. I
0: I saw that and I actually was going to mention that. Yeah. Um so yeah, you can you can just save up all this XP and re, you know or you can just and you can remain at level say 20 and you're just gathering all this XP. And then try to advance, maybe try to advance the game at level 20 or whatever level you decide. That's that's insane.
1: Yeah, and and once again, it doesn't make the game harder. It just gives you the freedom to level up when you want.
0: Right, right. Yeah. But you, you, so, and you, so you can kind of make the game as challenging as, as you want, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great feature, and it's there, and it's toggleable while you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. So you can you can at one moment go into casual mode and play the game and then at another moment go into expert mode and decrement your levels or increment your levels however you want. Right. So it's, it's that, that is lot... cool. I never, I never expected them to do something like that.
0: No, so it's got some decent quality of life stuff as well as some of these unexpected little surprises here, right? Yep. Okay. Now as I've mentioned a few times, the review embargo is up and we got some scores. We got some scores out here. And they oh, yeah. for the most part, they're they're pretty they're pretty high up there. They're pretty good, actually. Uh, the top critic average, this is on opencritic.com, uh, currently stands at 89. And the critics recommendation or recommended is at 95%. Yep. For and the-
1: that is based on 44 critics and um. on Metacritic also at 89 as the aggregate, and that's based on uh, 54 critics. There you go. So this is a very solid, absolutely amazing uh, number, this 89, and Mm -hmm. if you look at the list of highest-rated games of this year, it's in that list, pretty high up on that list at that.
0: Wait, where? This year? Where's Divinity Original Sin 2? This is... (laughs) This list is garbage. Absolute garbage. If you look
1: at the list, it's number six. It's the sixth highest rated game yeah. of this year.
0: Yeah, I see that. Hey, hey, it's pretty good. Um, I mean there were some some reviews out there that didn't didn't think it was that great. Um now these ranges say if you were to base them most of them are around a nine or ten or nine not, not or eight nine ten or eighty ninety one hundred. I've seen a few lower than that, and they're I've read their reviews. They don't make much sense to me, anyway. Uh, their reviews were very, as you've been saying, phoned in, very basic, seemingly
1: phoned in. Seemingly. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, it just seems odd to be some outliers. But hey, I un- I totally understand that Xenoblade is not for everyone. Yeah. So I mean, hey, there's always gonna be outliers. It's just a number. You know, um, regardless of what these people say, I will probably enjoy the game, as will
1: millions of other people. And keep in mind, the original Xenoblade Chronicles on Metacritic is at 92. Right. So which you... is absolutely phenomenal. And right now, the this um, Definitive Edition is only three points less than that.
0: Which is... Do you think that's kind of odd, though? I mean, three points is not much of a, a difference at all. I don't think. I don't. It's I don't not, know. Eh. I, yeah. So, I mean, it should be. It should be relatively the same. You would think maybe it, marginally improved upon. Even.
1: It should be, but you know, people change. Different reviewers come in and go. Some people mm-hmm. might own it in. I, I don't know. If you ask me, like the original should be rated even higher. <laughs> but You think, but the, a, you think make, the
0: original yeah. should be higher?
1: The, well, the, well, I haven't played the definitive, but oh, okay. the definitive is the original
0: with right. all
1: the bells and whistles. So uh-huh. in my eyes, it should be an equivalent score or better, mm-hmm. in my eyes, to the original. So, but you know what? Three points away. I'm happy. That's. that's. Yeah. That story ain't going to dictate anything to me that I don't already know. The game <laughs> is one of the best RPGs of all time. It is my favorite RPG of all time. So.
0: Is it really your your number one?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's my number one. Okay. I like it. I like it. That I might be challenged, though. I, 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 I don't, what I, do you mean it it my, by what? A, a game I'm playing right now. <laughs>
0: Wait, I got to go back. That was um I got to look at your list of games. Hang on one second. Let me just read this. Uh right. All right. Okay. Okay. Ah, got it. Yoshi's Island 2. All right, cool. Uh so Yoshi's Island, really? Yeah. All right. So it's Tactics Ogre, isn't it?
1: It it might be. I don't know yet though. Okay. That's I mean, I hey.
0: Know. It's understandable. It's understandable. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Xenoblade Chronicles is getting uh, worthwhile r- reviews out there. Yeah. I mean, it goes without saying. It makes sense.
1: Two more days. Two more days. Oh, I can't It'll wait. It'll be there. in our hands.
0: And it's going to be longer for me, because I'm importing it from the UK, so just... Wow, paint.
1: that's right, yeah.
0: Just the, the what I gotta do. What I gotta do. I, I wanted that, that Ultimate Collector set, in the, and the US one was a little sad, so I had to get make sure I got that one.
1: Wait, uh, so... You got two copies, right?
0: I, I have the US collector's copy pre-ordered,
1: yes. Why I, not keep the, the UK one wrapped? What are you trying to do with me right now? <laughs> you keep it wrapped in mint condition, you know that's going to be in like a month or, or a year, that's going to be worth a lot. I don't, I'm not saying to get rid of it. Yeah. Who I, knows? That might appreciate real good in value.
0: But I want it. I wanted to actually because it comes with a record, right? It comes with a vinyl. I actually yeah. wanted to put it up.
1: And you... actually listen to it? Do you have a vinyl player?
0: I do. Oh, okay. I'm old, man. That's... I got my phonograph. I got my <laughs> AM radio. No, I don't have any of those things, but I can't wait to play it. I really can't. Pokemon developer Game Freak is on a recruitment drive. They're doing something.
1: They're hiring people.
0: They're hiring people, and I'll tell you what, I really hope it's something better than what town was. I thought town had really good promise, yeah. and it just under delivered a little bit. So yep. I'm, I'm hoping I, I'd like I do like the fact that they branched out because I mean Game Freak is synonymous with Pokemon, so I like the fact that they kind of did something a little bit different, but right now they're hiring for uh programmers. 3D graphic designers, planners, technical artists, and management staff. Now, Game Freak does a bunch of things. They do a lot of Pokemon stuff. They do a lot of the mobile uh, Pokemon games. But please do something different. It'll it'll only help you guys. It'll only help you guys out. So if you want to, uh, there's some Japanese vacancies. If you go over to my Nintendo news, you want to go go apply. That's where you're gonna go. Uh top five Fire Emblem games according to Japanese fans. Do you think this list would be different if we I don't know, maybe got a poll going on in the States here?
1: Uh yeah, yeah. I think I think the list would be slightly I actually think the only thing that wouldn't be on this list would be the number one spot. Yeah. And I think the list would pretty much be the same. Now, the Blazing Blade got remade in the States, which I think is the Shadow whatever, um, which was on the Game Boy Advance or maybe got- the DS. It might have been the DS. It's hard for me to remember, but they remade the Marth story. That's the Blazing Blade. I'm pretty sure that's the Marth story. Um let's so, go let's go
0: over what they have here. Okay. Yep. Uh number five, they have Mystery of the Emblem. Fire Emblem yep. Mystery of the Emblem. Never played it. I have never played it as, I've only played one of these, so uh number four is Fire Emblem the Blazing Blade, which is you which what you mentioned. Yep. Th- and I played the
1: remake of that. Actually, Mystery of the Emblem is also a I think that's also a uh, a Marth story. Okay. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna while you're reciting these I'm going to very quickly uh, research.
0: Okay. Uh, number three is Fire Emblem Awakening, and I'm pretty sure this one is available in the states as as this. Number two, Fire Emblem Three Houses. So the most recent iteration of the Fire Emblem series is at number two, uh, which is the only one it's the only one that I've played. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I didn't I didn't quite put in a million hours like you did, Johnny, but um, I did put in a few few hundred. Uh, actually, just un- uh, oh, under two, maybe? I don't know. No, I'm, I am totally under one. Sorry. Under 100 hours. Uh, number one is Fire Emblem Genealogy of the Holy War. This is one I've never even heard of. So yep, explain to me. So,
1: yeah, so Genealogy of the Holy War was the fourth iteration of the Fire Emblem game. And by the way, the Mystery of the Emblem is the one that got remade uh for the ds so and that one got remade as a new mystery of the emblem wow but that was i think japan only and i think the other and that is a um a marth story and then there is the shadow dragon which is the one that got brought over to the states which was also a marth story, and I think that was the first Marth story. Sorry. They, they've, they've done Fire Emblem multiple times and have remade Fire Emblem <laughs> games a few times, and they've ported them a few times, so it's it's a little confusing. Trying Either to just way,
0: connect the dots here.
1: Yeah, I've played one of the Marth stories, I've played Awakening, and obviously i played uh, like crazy the uh, Three Houses, mm-hmm. uh, and Genealogy of the, of the Holy War is the fourth one. It was like, I think it's the last one that released on Super Nintendo. And it was the one that kind of changed Fire Emblem dramatically in met in a huge slew of positive ways. It was very RPG. They, they had like towns that when you're in a battle map, there were multiple towns or villages or whatever that were on that battle map. And you had your own home-based town. And you actually could choose whether you wanted units to deploy from your town. So you'd spew them out onto the battle map from your town, kind of like ogre battle style. Okay. Uh, Or you could have them stay inside the the town barracks, uh, uh, home hub, HQ, whatever, and do things like uh, go to a blacksmith or uh, fight at the arena. So it did a whole lot of new stuff for the Fire Emblem franchise. It also introduced, I think it introduced, I'm not sure if it, if it introduced it, but it had the, um, if you have two units next to each other, they develop a bond, a relationship with one another. And that developed into the second part of the game. Kind of like what Awakening did Awakening was just doing what Genealogy of the Holy War already did. Mm-hmm. The big thing in Awakening, which was with the matchmaking thing, making, making you know, husband and wife couples that had an effect on the second half of the game, that was Genealogy of the Holy War. It did it first, and that was one of the best things of Awakening, and Genealogy of the Holy War did it first, and it did it with a very serious story, Lots of crazy people dying, super political, just a a crazy, interesting, regarded as the best Fire Emblem storyline, period. Wow. So uh, that's a lot to say. (laughs) That was a big mouthful, and that's probably why it's it's at number one, uh, right below Three Houses. Now, if you ask you or I, Three Houses is number one.
0: Well, I mean, I haven't played. I haven't played. Um, what is number one? I haven't. I haven't even heard of that game. It's like yeah, it's like a brand. I haven't new,
1: played it either. It's like so. a brand
0: new thing to me. So, and and I've only played one Fire Emblem. So
1: yeah, but and, and I will say, uh, after playing Three Houses, playing Fire Emblem Awakening or or the other ones that came before it here in the states, not worth it. Yeah, no need. No need. Just three houses is the future for Fire Emblem. Yeah,
0: so it's essentially going to do what Genealogy of the Holy War did to the Fire Emblem series,
1: where yeah, yeah. you know, it kind of, kind of uh, catapults it. You know, yeah. and I can see, given time, Three Houses might topple Genealogy of the Holy War.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll see as more people get to play it. Who knows, right? Alright, um, Platinum Games boss <laughs> Tells fans that Bayonetta 3 has not been cancelled We're still hard at work on it Now, I don't know why he's saying that Maybe he's saying that because maybe they uh, Teased it way too early Maybe that's what it is But he's just saying, hey We're working on it And then He also says, this is a big statement here Yeah he doesn't think that next gen will be as groundbreaking as the Nintendo Switch was. So, now, what what does that what does that mean exactly? Like, like is the next gen is just is it just a generation of uh, graphical fidelity? Is that all we're going to be seeing? Is that what he's kind of hinting, not hinting at, but that's kind of what he's looking at, right? So he's just saying it's just yeah, it's the same thing just better graphics, and that's it. But what the Nintendo Switch did is essentially a little bit different. They put the game in your hands, on the TV, anywhere you want to go.
1: A little different. It's very different.
0: (laughs) I mean, ultimately, I think what we'd like to see is we'd like to see that graphical fidelity in your hand, but I mean, we'd be carrying around laptops. You know, that, that's yeah, just yeah. not that's just not going to work. Or you'll
1: be burning your hand <laughs> on fire.
0: Right. I mean, I think ultimately, yeah, we'd like to see a little bit, you know, higher resolutions and whatnot on the Switch. But I think what he what he said is is right. I I think yeah. I, I don't see PlayStation Five and Xbox One Series X elemental P. I don't see what they're doing as innovative. Or as groundbreaking, um, as you put it, as to what the switch has done, they've kind of essentially they've mixed their two markets, which were massive well at least the 3Ds market was pretty big, but they've, they've essentially kind of mixed merged the two worlds of the console market, handheld market, and bam, now now they got best of both worlds.: Yeah. It's, this is this is one time where I actually agree with him because I normally don't I normally don't agree with him. But what are you saying?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's uh, the only thing I think he's kind of uh, downplaying to a to a detriment is the fact, or or maybe he's neglecting the fact that or or the he's not factoring in the SSD drives of the next-gen hardware. Which is a pretty big deal. Which I think is a huge, fundamentally different, big-time deal because that will change how you build and design the game, right? We're talking, put put it as an example, Metroid put in doors they have to shoot and then they will open in order for you to progress to the next room. Mm -hmm. And the whole concept of having rooms to go through, right? All of that was put in place to obscure loading. Right. Right? With SSDs, you're basically playing... You now can play Metroid where there are no doors. Right. Everything is open completely and there's no loading. It's a completely 100% open world, right? Yeah, They'll probably so the still have the doors and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But just the just the, tra- saying, like-
0: the transfer of information from hard drive to actually playing the game um is essentially so it's it's very minimal at this point now with the with the ed, ed with this uh with SSDs being introduced to the gaming consoles. Yeah. Now it's been in it's been in PCs for years now, but finally yeah. into the consoles because it's less expensive at this point. It was just kind of a it was a, it was very expensive when they initially launched but with the advent of these ssd technologies and console i mean the information can travel so so fast so so quickly that it just i think you were mentioning it to me off screen um that it it transfers so fast it treats it as if it's 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 system memory you know it's
1: it's already there essentially it think of think of it also like The big argument between the Nintendo 64 and the PlayStation, one of the big benefits of the N64 was no load times because it was on cartridge, and you just got the data right there. It was right there available for you. Whereas on the PlayStation, you had load screens like crazy, and that was awful to deal with. Right, because I had to read it off off a disc. Yeah. When you have SSDs, that's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. Like even Breath of the Wild has load screens when you're going back and forth to the shrines, right? There's load screens that happen there Mm -hmm. if it had an SSD, right? So to me, this statement seems like it's being neglectful of that fact, that very, very important fact of next-gen consoles. Other than that, I'm totally on board. The Switch really does throw a huge monkey wrench into what we thought was supposed to be a traditional console.
0: Right. Yeah, they've, they've transcended what a traditional console is. Uh, in a very Switch. good way. Yeah, oh yeah, in a very good way. Um, Alright, Suda51 51, 51 wants Gra- Grasshopper manufacturers old games yeah. on the Nintendo Switch. Now, what are his old games? Are they no- Killer7? Is yep. that one of them? Um, Just kind of reading into what some of the other ones... uh, What other games does he have on there? Do you know?
1: Uh, Well, there's the No More Heroes stuff. Okay. He made uh, this weird game on... um, It's not that old. Um, It was on PS4. Uh, It was like a weird MMO uh, dungeon crawler game. Uh, What was it called? It had something to do with death. (laughs) <laughs> you, you're kind of like a clone or something like that and you're... Is it Let It cl- Die? Let It Die, that's it. Yes, I actually played that for, for a good amount too. I probably put in like 10 or 20 hours into that game. Then I'm like, ah, it's a free-to-play romp and it's grindy, so then I stopped. <laughs> it was weird and quirky and I was kind of digging it for a bit because it's a pseudo game. Uh, so there's that, the No More Heroes game, and then there's another one the cheerleader one?
0: Cheerleader
1: one? Yeah, you play as a cheerleader that it, that oh, is like I see it killing here. zombies or whatever. Lollipop Chainsaw? Lollipop Chainsaw, yep. Wow. And then I think there's another one with um, Never Dead or something like that. I, Where... don't, I don't see that on here. I but... could be wrong on that last one. Okay. But yeah, so he's made some other quirky stuff, and he's probably made stuff before Killer 7. I just can't... I know him by Killer 7 as my first introduction, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to grasshopper.co.jp, and yeah, there's there's a lot here. Black Knight Sword. Um, again, these are games I've never even heard of. Uh, Killer is Dead, Let It Die, Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, which is already... Is that already on the Switch?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah
0: what i thought um and no more heroes two fatal okay I,
1: I see some of his older stuff
0: fatal frame four really i don't think that was regarded
1: as uh being very good but fatal frame is good so there there's kind of nothing too significant prior to killer seven
0: yeah yeah you go you go beyond that you're you're kind of reaching a little
1: bit he made wrestling games. <laughs> <laughs> he started his career making wrestling games. Oh boy. Uh that's that's awesome. Oh really. Um, Let's see, he made a Blood Plus game. A Samurai Shampoo game.
0: Samurai Shampoo, what the heck
1: yeah. is that? Uh Samurai Shampoo is a uh it's an anime.
0: Yeah, I saw a few um a few anime games. Evangelion was there. Yep. Two things. Alright. Um, Paper Mario, yep. if you want an exclusive pin set, you gotta order from GameStop. No matter how much you hate it, you want the pins, that's where you want to go.
1: Is there anyone else doing any special pre-order thing for Paper Mario?
0: I was so hoping, and this is just me, because it's a me thing, I was hoping there would be some sort of collector... A thing, you know, it's Paper Mario. Like, like that screams physical stuff, right? Yeah. What are they doing? This is all. This is all they have to offer us, (laughs) really. And it would. I mean, we don't know what the game's gonna be like, right? So, I mean, it would sell. I think it would sell, man. I really do. Maybe it would. And
1: and the pack in the pre-order bonus could be like literal paper stickers. this is the origami king so it could be a paper on the paper it could have folding directions on it and then you can convert the paper into like i don't know like a like a castle or peach's crown or something it screams it it screams physical like stuff (laughs) oh
0: man maybe like limited run or something can team up with nintendo and and do something here I, I'm just so disappointed in the fact that there was no collector anything. And usually they announce it at the same time. So, at this point if they haven't announced it, it ain't happening. It's just too bad.
1: Well, I don't know. I wouldn't write it off entirely. If this was pre-pandemic days I would say it wouldn't be. I would, I would, be, I would agree with you. But, yeah. because we're now in, like, unknown territory and people don't have their stuff together, mm-hmm. like well because you know major disruption who knows maybe there is a possibility where oops yeah there is a bigger promo collectors pre-order bonus coming up yeah but if
0: if they don't uh, they can't do it after the fact because i don't know that you'll you'll get people double dipping um that'll that'll be a big major major problem but yeah maybe there there was something in the works and you know this whole thing threw a monkey wrench into, into it, and they can't get all everything set up right, you know. Um, they can't get all their ducks in a row for physical items, but man, I was so hoping for something, but I'll tell you what, I, I'm not a fan of GameStop,
1: but I that's where I pre-ordered it. I, that's I, fine. At this point, you can kind of think of GameStop having a uh, they're trying to they're trying to have a second chance. At being reputable, right? Because they got <laughs> Reggie there now. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So maybe, maybe that's yeah, where this comes in. Him. Yeah. No, I, I go where the physical items are. That's just me. So that's yeah. where I went.
1: Here's the big miss. Whatever <clears throat> happens to Nintendo doing some sort of amiibo launch, especially for a, Mo- a Mario property. Their last amiibo, and it's been it's been a while
0: for their last new amiibo. It was a Smash Bro amiibo i i have it um i want to say it was uh one of the belmonts i'm looking at my amiibos um it was it was maybe dark samus and one of the belmonts or maybe both i don't know a re-release of them it's been a long time
1: yeah i don't want to
0: say i don't want to say they've abandoned it because again with this whole pandemic fiasco there could be things going on behind the scenes that we're just unaware of and maybe they did have plans for stuff. But again, yeah, this is something again, it just it just screams physical items. It really does. Such a disappointment. Yep. Swedish retailer. Now Sweden's getting into the rumor mill. Alright, Swedish retailer lists Metroid Prime trilogy for Nintendo Switch release mm-hmm. on the nineteenth of June.
1: Hmm. They, they listed it. It's what? listed.
0: Metroid Prime Trilogy June 19th. This is a month before, prior to when uh, Origami King is coming. Up. So, yeah, uh, the Swedish video game retailer iNet has listed the long rumored Metroid Prime Trilogy for Nintendo Switch on the 19th of June release date. That date is the same date as the revised date for Sony's upcoming Blockbuster. Last of Us Two for the PlayStation Four. Nintendo hasn't made an announcement regarding Metro Prime Trilogy, but it has been rumored in development uh, for quite some time. And, I, and that's Retro Studios, right?
1: Yep. Yep.
0: The, the porting studio. Yep. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I hope this is true. I, I'll get to play it. I haven't. I've never played it, so it'll be great. It'd be really good.
1: And I just double-checked, and that uh, link is now gone on that Swedish website. Oh. It's, it's now returning a 404 error, so... That's just too bad. That might have been an accident. By the way, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Metroid Prime Trilogy, the, uh-huh. the trilogy that, that released way back on the Wii, is selling on eBay... For $250. Wait, someone's asking for that. It's not selling for that. Have you
0: looked up? You got to look up sold listings. I mean, and there's another
1: one for $150. For real? Yeah.
0: Oh, am I going to have. I do have. I've, again, I've never played it. I'm, a, I'm just a collector.
1: I have it. I'm going to list it. <laughs> you, you have Metroid Prime Trilogy? Yes. And you never played any of the Metroid Prime games? <clears throat> no. What do you think I am? No. No, I haven't. But you have it. I have it. Yes, I have it. That doesn't mean anything. Understand. How do you have Metroid Prime Trilogy, and not one of the play best trilogy it? compilations ever, and not play it?
0: Easily. It just stays there, and there's other things I play. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> That is crazy. Yeah, I have never played it. Okay, uh, it looks like it's selling for about the trilogy, uh, depending on what version you get. The collector's editions upwards of around eighty dollars, and the regular plain old version, the Wii, the Wii version there uh, is around sixty or seventy.
1: Oh, really? That's it. Yeah, those are the ones that are selling. History wise
0: Yeah, look at sold listings. Uh, but even right. so, for a um, what is how old is that game? Ten years old. Uh, yeah, probably. That's a lot of money. That's still pretty stinking good.
1: Well, it it's selling for what it sold, right? What you could buy it for, right? Yeah, it didn't depreciate. Did not depreciate.
0: But you see that with a lot of Nintendo games, they they rarely go on sale. Uh, they don't depreciate much at all. So it's a very common thing for Nintendo games to for this to happen. Yeah. All right, what do we have for upcoming RPGs? We've mentioned a few of them. Uh, We mentioned Bug Fables. We mentioned the Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition thing. Uh, That's on the 29th. Bug Fables is
1: on the 28th. By the way, that Bug Fables game, I looked up the Metacritic aggregate for it. There are four reviews, and the average across all four is uh, 86. Look at that. Which is surprisingly great. That's pretty good. I mean it's yeah. only it's
0: only four <laughs> reviews so I mean but still the yeah. general consensus is upper so far, 80. Yeah. Oh, it's above 80 uh-huh. so
1: I'm eating my words and uh, <laughs> take, I'm saying, "Jay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, take a take a, you know, look at some gameplay, see see what you think." Yeah. All right. So, uh yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles May 29th. Clear your calendars. Nothing else matters. Um, you know what? I, and I say that with a. I'm only. I'm only kidding, right? I mean, because I understand Xenoblade Chronicles is not not for everyone. Okay, uh, but if that's not your thing, if JRPGs aren't your thing, we got XCOM coming May 29th. So the 2K Collection is is hitting us also on the same date. So you got your your strategy games in there or your tactical games. Um, Then we have the Borderlands Game of the Year edition. And then the Borderlands Handsome Collection, which um, I forget what the Handsome Collection includes. It includes a few games. But that is also coming out on the 29th. Then we have the Borderlands Legendary Collection, which includes a ton of games. Uh, Includes the (laughs) pre-sequel, Borderlands 2, and Borderlands um, Game of the Year. I think it's the first one. That is also on the 29th. So then we have, it's not even on here in my list here, but Bioshock is also coming on that day, right? Am I, am I wrong in that?
1: Yeah, the, the collection, it's all on that same day. It's, um, Borderlands is coming later on this, this year. It's the XCOM uh, 2 package and the Bioshock collection. That's coming out on the same day as Xenoblade. No, Borderlands Legendary Collection is the 29th. Then which one's coming out in like September? I don't know. Oh, then I guess it's just a great day because it has <laughs> XCOM, Bioshock,
0: Borderlands, Borderlands and Xenoblade. It's, That's it, insane. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. with the And they're all on the same day. They don't, they don't even care. 2K is like, you know what? <laughs> I don't care. They took a dump. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, they're, they're all different audiences. Do you know what I mean? I mean, granted, yeah, there are going to be some shared uh, influences there. People are going to, you know, people who like Xenoblade could possibly like Borderlands and XCOM or Bioshock. It's not out of realm of possibility, because actually, that's me. I like all these games. I just The problem is, I don't have time to play all these games. Borderlands is easily like a 30 to 60 hour game, depending on how you play either, any of those. XCOM... Can- what's that? You could skip Borderlands. Yeah, but I mean, I've I played Borderlands, so yeah, I could uh, essentially yeah, skip I, I it. I hate
1: Borderlands, and I say, skip it.
0: I like Borderlands. I like Borderlands 2, uh, probably the best. Borderlands 3, not my cup of tea, but Borderlands 2 was really, really good. XCOM 2, uh, that gets critically acclaimed as well. I mean, and then you got the Bioshock stuff coming out. It's just, it's, it's crazy that they like they did it all at the same time.
1: I was I was actually gonna grab the uh, XCOM collection as well, so mm-hmm. I ordered. Uh, I was gonna order three things altogether, right? Xenoblade, Bioshock, uh, collection, and the XCOM too. Mm-hmm. But I was a little worried because just you know ports and the quality of ports. Yeah, you gotta wait there. Can be hit or miss, and I kind of figured that the Bioshock ones were the safest. Because those were all prior gen.
0: Yep, okay.
1: So I, I kind of feel confident that those are going to be very competent ports. Yep. So I still stuck with that and Xenoblade, and I dropped my XCOM. And I'm going to grab the XCOM one. I'm just going to wait for the reviews to come out.
0: Yeah, just wait, wait for some time, see how, it's, uh, how it runs and, and whatnot. Yeah, um, let, let Digital Foundry
1: do their analysis.
0: Their magic Yes, uh, And then in a couple of weeks, we have The Outer Worlds coming out, so it's another huge, huge game. Um, so, yeah, this, this is a big kind of couple weeks right now, so... Cool. That's your upcoming RPGs. And that's going to actually wrap up today's episode. Uh, so, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everyone who sent in their... Jeez, why do I read that all the time? No one sent in any questions. I didn't ask for any. That's, I mean, that's the reason. Uh, remember, you can listen to the show each and every week at SwitchRPG.com, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app if you listen on app. Please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts on the platforms so your support there would be amazing. And finally, remember, head over to SwitchRPG.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, I'll see you around. Can you give me a Xenoblade, Shulk, Scream, anything? Or maybe a one-liner? I'm really feeling it. Oh, he's really feeling it. Awesome. <laughs> Goodbye.